Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kickoff at 3.36. We'll be on the air at 11.30 a.m. We'll be flying into Atlanta Friday afternoon. We've been talking about this for months. I told Blake James I'll be on campus about 6 a.m. Thursday? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just be sitting there. Make sure the bus doesn't leave without me. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. All right, one of the great guys in the bowl business and uh, putting on this game from the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl and Chick-fil-A kickoff game is Gary Stoken, CEO uh, and Gary's been on with us in the past. Had a chance to uh, talk with Gary in Atlanta. We've talked to him several times. He's with us on the show here tonight. Good evening, Gary. How are you? Joe, you seem like you're so pumped up. I don't know if you have any eligibility left. (laughs) Well, this might not be the game that I would want to jump into, but um, (laughs) I think I'll be just fine from the broadcast booth. Uh, We're really excited. This is the comeback season of college football. And there's no better way to open it up than uh, two top 14 ranked teams and in Mercedes-Benz Stadium and in Atlanta, the capital of college football. By the way, I told you a couple times uh, when you've been uh, been on with us in the past that Miami's coming full circle with Atlanta, kind of trying to rebuild the program. And when Howard got it going, it was the Peach Bowl game that kind of triggered things for the University of Miami. And my broadcast partner here, Don Bailey, played in that Peach Bowl game. Is that right? Yep. Fantastic. It was. So that's when the Howard got it going, huh? Oh yeah, that was uh, that was the deal. I, I think that bowl game was about January thirtieth. I mean, January second. It, it was January second. I'm sorry. And it, the old and it, County Don, it was probably the coldest you've ever been, right? And uh, to that point of my life, it absolutely <laughs> was the coldest I've ever been. But uh, we got Whenever through. You it. mentioned. Whenever you mention Peach Bowl to somebody, they say, oh, that was the coldest day of my life until 1992 when we moved into the Georgia Dome, and now we've been in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for uh, about four years. So, um, yeah. So tell me about that day. That that was uh, – that's a great story Joe tells. Oh, yeah. We were uh, – it was, it was Miami, Virginia Tech, and uh, yeah. it, it was uh, – it, I, they, the running back's name will come to me in a minute, but it was a heck of a game. And I, I think, you know, there were a couple 
things that happened in Howard's career, Coach Schnellberger's career at Miami that leapfrogged this program, and that was one of them. I think that there was a, a little bit of politicking that had to go on to get Miami into that game and a promise of some tickets, and we ended up getting in there, and we ended up winning, and that catapulted us into a very good season the following year, and then two years later, of course, the national championship came. But I, I remember being there, and the, the fans in Atlanta were great. It was uh, a proximity even back then to where – the Miami people could come, and it was uh, it, it was it was a great, great, great experience. Well, you know, Don, it's interesting. You tell that story, and, and it reminds me of a couple things. One is Nick Saban, when he was at LSU, he called me in 1990, or no, 2000, I'm sorry, and he said, um, he said, Gary, we've got to get to the Peach Bowl. It's the best bowl we can get to. I'm trying to build a program. And, and I put my job on the line because my committee is my second year in the business. My committee didn't want LSU. And uh, I said, well, I've talked to the head coach. I've talked to the, um, the chancellor, who was Mark Emmert, who's now the president of the sure. NCAA. And they said they're going to buy the tickets. Nick will promote the game and everything. And so we took LSU, and they sold 20,641 uh, tickets the first day of sales. Wow. And they came up and beat number 14 Georgia Tech with George O'Leary. Rohan Davey came in in the second half and hit uh, hit Reed in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. They win the game. And Nick told me when I went down to see him after the game, that uh, team, uh, the recruiting class of that year, watched that game. And every one of them signed that they were recruiting. And they went on to win the national championship two years later. So very similar story what you just told. And then Nick Kim comes in in 2008 with Alabama, who lost to Louisiana Monroe the year before. That's right. He's in his second year. They come in and beat Clemson number nine in 2008, our first Chick-fil-A kickoff game. They went on to win the national championship the next year after beating Virginia Tech number seven in our Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Um, and the last one, and the Nick would tell you, that was the start of the Alabama dynasty winning against number nine Clemson. So uh, there's a trend there. So, um, and, and Miami has that opportunity with what 18 starters coming back, a couple of transfers coming in that'll probably start on defense and a six year quarterback. Who's, you know, probably one of the top uh, preseason list of Heisman trophy candidates. So it's a, Someone told me today from Alabama, I did their radio show, they said that Alabama is an 18-point favorite. Is that right? Don't forget the half. (laughs) 18 and a half? 18 and a half, I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. I know Alabama's, you know, Nick's got a – he's loaded. they got a lot of kids coming back and new kids stepping up. But he's got a first-year quarterback, first time he's going to start. And you got a sixth-year quarterback on uh, Miami who's back. Plus, what do you what you had? How many kids you have come back uh, from last year's team? We got everybody except we lost a tight end and uh, two defensive ends. Yeah, two defensive ends. Yeah. But, and and got, unfortunately, those defensive ends were a first-round pick and a sixth-round pick. But uh, yeah, but, we, but you we, got a couple of transfers coming at defensive uh, line, right? Yep, yep. yep. Got a pass rusher from Tennessee. Got of a yeah. cornerback from Georgia that played in the Peach Bowl game last year, made the game-saving play at the Peach Bowl. Right, right. Derek Stevenson. 
yeah. So I, I just think, I'll tell you what, 18 and a half, I'm not a betting man, obviously, and I can't bet the game, but that seems like a lot of points, that's for sure. Hey, uh, Gary, what about some of the things you have going on on game day? The, the roof is going to be open, uh, full house, 100% capacity, T-Mobile, kickoff concert. You got a lot of things going on Saturday, tailgate town presented by uh, PNC. Uh, the teams are going to have a walk. There'll be a, a team walk. Miami will, will uh, they'll get off the bus at about one thirty in the afternoon. So you have a lot of things going on around the stadium. But well, I tell you, Miami's got a huge uh, alumni base in Atlanta, and um, we've done a couple things this year to engage the fans. Um, what I would suggest to the fans from Miami, if you haven't been, when you come in Friday, if you're coming in Friday or Thursday you got to go by the College Football Hall of Fame. It's it's a unique, immersive experience that you'll get a Miami experience, but you'll also get a, a holistic college football experience. So that's a must-do. And then game day, we've got our uh, tailgate town presented by PNC Bank that will have a concert by Old Dominion. We've got games, all kind of sponsors, activities out there. And then – before the game, you got to go down to the Home Depot backyard where the buses are going to pull up and led by Coach Diaz, the cheerleaders, the band will all be out there. The Miami team will walk through their fans into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I know that Miami has a tailgate party in a Home Depot backyard. they got over 900 people coming to that tailgate party. So it is going to be festive. We're going to be back to the pageantry and, and all the sights and sounds and smells and, uh, of college football, which is it's going, truly going to be a great celebration to kick off the season. Well, that's going to be great that uh, college football back to normal. Uh, that looks great. What, about, what do you think about the uh, college football playoff expansion, how that might impact some of the neutral site and non-conference matchups as more teams are vying for those playoff spots. Yeah, it's interesting. We, uh, you know, uh, the CFP came out in April, I think it was, with the potential of a 12-team playoff. And now they're going to campuses, talking to presidents, ADs, players, uh, coaches. Um, and they, they also are meeting with the uh, bowl game. So we had our meeting last uh, Wednesday, I guess it was, and heard about the 12-team playoff and what the thoughts were. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting September 28th when the CFP presidents meet to vote on whether they stay with four or go to six, eight, or 12. Um, I I just hope that we've done a good enough job joining the New Year's Six in 2014-15 that hopefully we'll be a part of it because uh, the Bulls, they're thinking right now could potentially host the quarterfinals and the semifinal game. So uh, it'd be fantastic for us. Uh, I think the expansion, it's uh, its interesting now that this alliance has been formed with three new commissioners. I think they want to slow things down a little bit. Yeah. And um, I don't know that they'll expand in 23 before the contract's over or after 25 um, after the current contract uh, is over. It's going to be really interesting. Gary, I didn't realize it. So it's four now, obviously, but it can go six, eight, or 12, right? There's other options than just going from where we are now to 12. Yeah, it's all up to the presidents, Don. I mean, they're they're, uh, 
there's some uh, ADs that like the current format. Some uh, some presidents and ADs and coaches have even expressed, hey, if we're going to expand, let's go to eight. But we don't need to do any more than that. But And then there's others that think 12 is the right number. So it uh, be interesting to see in which direction they go. And if they do vote to, to move forward, um, whether it's 20 uh, – the current contract ends in 25. But um, – there's also some thought that they may go early with uh, 23. So if they go to 12, if that's the number, doesn't that does that protect the bowl system a little more as far as the players participating? I would imagine if you're a player and you're in the playoff, whether you're one or 12, you're not going to opt out of that game if you're if you're involved in a chance to win a national championship. No, Don, that's a great point. You're a player, so you've been there. Uh, I played basketball in college at North Carolina State, and I just couldn't even imagine. Now, I wasn't a pro player, but I couldn't imagine, you know, leaving my team after being through a season and then having a chance to to win a championship. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think players, once they're in the bracket and in the playoff, I think they'll stay with their team um, and and play it out. So uh, that would be, I think, one of the, the benefits of having the playoff because we don't want, you know, games like last year where Florida and Oklahoma played and there were so many players from Oklahoma that, you know, decided to opt out. It was really unfortunate. Yeah. I think they, I think they had to figure out uh, how to keep the Bulls in, involved in it. And, and I would like to see, Gary, I would even like, like to see them uh, perhaps stop bidding uh, other cities for championship sites and use one of the bowl sites. Well, we've suggested to, um, you know, rotate the six sites that the New York six uh, games, because if you look at the history right now, of the CFP, they played in Miami last year. They played in Atlanta in 18. They played in Dallas to start the CFP. And then they played in Phoenix and they're going to play in LA, albeit SoFi stadium. Uh, I think uh, next year. So, um, you know, we'd love to see them rotate the national championship game between the six New Year's six cities. Um, but obviously that's, I think down the road, they're, they're looking more at how do we attack this uh, expansion of the CFP first? You know, it's funny you had mentioned earlier in our conversation about perhaps the Alliance trying to slow things down a little bit. Uh, earlier today, I was in one of our production rooms here and I have, the 1990 Sugar Bowl of Miami and Alabama. And I'm going through it. I'm conducting a halftime interview. I, I think it was with uh, Chuck Ninus, who was the executive director of the NCAA at the time. And, and my question to him was, um, you're, the discussion of the presidents right now, and this is 1989, they were discussing taking away spring football, <laughs> trimming the NCAA tournament, and not – you know, college football football playoff was a discussion, but it was uh, really two teams after the Bulls. At that point, they were trying maybe to get their arms around it. But as we have now seen, they have not been able to stop that because college basketball expanded, and look at what has happened to college football. But I tell you, it's interesting. I think college sports is at its biggest inflection point since it started back in 1920. With the NIL, the transfer portal, the CFP expansion, expansion of conferences, the NCAA Constitution, the Alston case, if you had any one of these things going on, 
it would be enough for, for college sports to digest. But looking at, at all these things happening at the same time, it's just uh, there's a it's just a remarkable time in college sports. I'm of the opinion, and this is solely my opinion, that the alliance to me, uh, I know they're they're talking about scheduling, but I think along with the alliance, and maybe this is their strategy, is the Big Twelve, uh, the Big. Uh, 10 and the Pac-12 both have their TV conference contracts coming up. Big 10 and 23 and the Pac-12 and 24. If I were those commissioners, you know, would I want to go to the TV market prior to ESPN spending a whole lot of money on a new CFP expansion uh, playoff? Um, Because you make more money as a commissioner in your TV package and they could almost get two bites of the apple. One, get their TV contract for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and 23 and 24. And then if the expansion happens after 25, they're going to make a whole lot of money if they go to 12 as well. So I think that, you know, is a strategy maybe behind the scenes. The ACC, unfortunately, has its contract through 2036, and the only way they can probably get ESPN back to the TV uh, negotiating table is if Notre Dame were to make a move into the conference because they own the rights of Notre Dame joining a conference till 2036. Um, so we all know that, you know, a lot of this is about money and how much you can pay your teams. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this whole alliance thing shakes out. The, uh, the top tier teams, two-part question for you. Like Miami, they like playing in these neutral site games. Uh, why are they so attractive to teams like Miami and Alabama? That would be one. And then two, uh, just to piggyback and something we've discussed in the, in the past, do you, do you foresee perhaps some of the other bowls instead of playing at the end of the year, playing at the beginning of the year? That's two great questions. I, I'll take the second one first. I have promoted to my bowl brethren that you would be in some ways better off having a kickoff game than you would a bowl game at the end of the year. Uh, Back to Don's earlier point, a lot of teams now, if you're not playing for a championship, the best players are opting out, number one. Number two, you may get teams that are on a downslide at the end of the year. If they're six and six, their fan base isn't happy. The players aren't that optimistic. Whereas on the front side of the season, so I'll answer your, your first part of the question with this answer, I have heard from every coach that has played in our Chick-fil-A kickoff game, win or lose, that it's been a great experience. Number one, the players in the offseason take their intensity level and their workouts to a whole new level because they know they're playing against a ranked opponent on a big stage in national TV. So they want to be prepared. So they come into camp really ready. Instead of playing a directional school where, you know, you're going to dominate your opponent, you don't get that fired up. Secondly, to that point, a coach will tell you they improve more from week one to week two in college football because now you have live game film. And if you have live game film after practicing all summer against the same opponent, now you can teach that individual player in his position. You can you, Your individual uh, coach can teach him, and collectively you can coach up the team because now you've played against the competition and if the competition is a maybe an all-conference player, maybe a future NFL player, you can teach and coach a whole lot better 
than if he played against somebody he dominates in the first game. So that's why they improved the most. Thirdly, it's a great opportunity for recruiting. You know, Georgia is uh, fighting California for third in the number of kids that are matriculating on college football scholarships. Florida's obviously, you know, Florida and Texas are ahead. California and Georgia are, are fighting for third place there. Um, so it's a great recruiting. Fourthly, it's a great payout. Uh, we pay out more than people will net at a home game. So the AD really likes that aspect of it. Um, fifthly, the players want to play in the biggest games against the best competition. And so um, it's, it's a win for them. Sixth, it's a win for the fans. They can either come to the game and see a great game in a great atmosphere, uh, or they can watch it on TV. Instead of coming to a game, imagine sitting in Miami where the score is 55 nothing at halftime against the directional school in the first game or, or trying to watch that game on TV. Not a great experience. But I can guarantee you to come to a, see Alabama and Miami play two top 14 teams in Mercedes-Benz Stadium is worth the trip. And if you can't make the trip, you're going to sit down at 3.30 and watch the game on TV. So everybody wins. The fans win. The players win. The coaches win. Um, the media wins because they get the chance to see a two top uh, 14 teams. And the other thing is that we've also learned now with the advent of the CFP Selection Committee, this is a major data point for the Selection Committee. I go back to 2017 when we had Florida State number three, Alabama number one. Alabama wins the game. Alabama does not win the SEC championship that year and gets into the playoff by the selection committee in a number four slot because they beat Florida State in our game early in the season. They went on to win the national championship that year. So fast forward now. You got Miami ranked in the top 14 in Alabama. If Miami wins this game, right, and goes on and wins the ACC, or even if they were to, let's say, win their division and lose to Clemson in the championship game of the ACC, I guarantee you Miami, if Alabama has a good year, which they will, Miami will get into the playoff. If Miami loses this game and Alabama goes in on to win the SEC and Miami wins its division and maybe beats Clemson, they're going to get into the championship, into the CFP playoff. Even if they lose this game and lose to Clemson in an ACC championship and Clemson and Alabama are 1-2 and two or 1-3, and three, Miami still has a shot to get into the playoff. So there is such a thing as a good loss when you play against a team that's highly ranked and has a great season the rest of the way. No question. Gary, how are we doing on tickets? Well, if you've got some, let me know because right. I need some. <laughs> All right. That's good news. That's good news. We're looking forward to it. Uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, roof's going to be open. Don and I will be buckled in. And uh, maybe we'll see you on Saturday. I know you're going to be very busy, but perhaps we'll see you on Saturday before kickoff. I'll look forward to it, guys. Have a safe trap trip up, and uh, we look forward to hosting you. All right. Thank you very much, Gary. Gary Stoken. Thanks for having us. CEO of the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl Kickoff Classic and uh, joining us on the show. Uh, he's like uh, Eric Palms. They, they are two of the top guys in college football. Well, they certainly are, and you, you can you can see why. They, they're, 
they're excited about the game. No matter who's in the game, they're excited about the game. They have a great understanding of college football, and they understand what makes a great event. And uh, nobody does it better than our Eric Palms, and he does a great job. Gary does in Atlanta as well. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.